And then Jack comes in. But Ralph can tell that Jack is there to kill him. So Ralph pre-kills Jack with the giant stick <laughs> that he had in his ass. With his cartoon golf club that yes. he carries. <laughs> like, he might as well scroll through a bunch of weapons like he's Link, just like pulling them out. <laughs> no. Should I do Master Sword? Yeah, Master Sword. <laughs> Oh, if he kills him. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast live from Denver, Colorado. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Now, this is, of course, the podcast where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema or whatever the fuck Eli picks, apparently. I'm your host, Noel Illusions, and, of course, joining me from stage right, please welcome my good friend, Heath Enright. <laughs> oh, he's reaching for the later cheese. It's, it's now scotch. It's oh, now oh, scotch. he's got now scotch. Gotcha. All right, and of course, also joining us from stage right, please put your hands together for my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, are are you a joint? I am a I'm a marijuana. You're a reefer. I'm a reefer. <laughs> I'm a gateway drug. Well, so here's the problem. I'm having enough trouble with the I'm not allowed to smoke on stage thing already, and now you're reminding me of that. I taped myself into this. <laughs> Heath, could you help? Do you need him some help? <laughs> Do you need help getting dressed, Eli? Lex! <laughs> oh, you're too harsh. This is why you're alone. I spent a lot of time trying to think how to incorporate my naked ass. <laughs> And when we were getting ready, I was like, it'd be funnier if I spun out and I just wasn't wearing anything on my bottom at all. And our super duper nice lights guy, Tyler, had to come over and be like, that's illegal. (laughs) And we had a fight that was very one-sided, me to Tyler. (laughs) We're cool now. Yeah. (laughs) We also didn't tell Tyler what you were actually going to do in case that was illegal, too. What Tyler Uh, doesn't know, don't hurt him. All right, so, Andrew, if you're listening at home, this is what you get for not coming. All right, so without further ado, tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched N-Word Madness. Um, Stay with me. No. I will explain. I will explain. We're in Colorado. They are with you. They were. I don't need to explain. I feel like you watched the wrong movie. All right. This is it. We we watched Reefer Madness. 
It's the story of finding a new title for the racist propaganda movie you made called N-Word Madness. Oh, okay. That's very clearly what happened. And then doing like a search and replace for every African-American reference, subbing in marijuana instead. That's how they made this. It's Dog Whistle the movie. Yes. Yes. Except even more obvious, it's just like yelling, Dog Whistle! It's like... Dog, right? Be a Nazi. Uh, yeah, no, so it's it's very clear in this movie that they're trying to say, don't smoke marijuana or you'll end up like the blacks. But this movie was made in 1938, so they weren't allowed to mention them or show them on screen. So they never actually say it. It's it's quite amazing how they dance around it. Um, So Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you hate drugs... But you love airplane wing-sized lapels. (laughs) You will love this movie. At any point, I expected somebody to say, no, I don't like drugs, and they just fly off. (laughs) All right, so, and and anybody who was at Platinum Night already knows this about me, but I'm going to share it with the rest of you now, Uh, including last night when we watched this with the Platinum Night attendees, uh, attendees, rather, sorry. Um, I believe I've watched this movie something like 80 times. I fucking love this movie. It's like my favorite terrible movie of all time. Does that put me in the lead? By far, yes. Okay. Is there anybody else out here who's 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 got me beat? Okay, good. Maybe I, for all I know, ten of you are raising your hand. Like the director shit. of Reefer Madness stands up from his wheelchair. <laughs> no illusions. They run at each other really slowly with swords. We're both dead. But but I'm high, so I miss. Yeah, right. No, I get it. It's Lucinda in makeup. She pulls off the mask. Varmint hammer. (laughs) And if you'd like to buy your varmint hammer, we're going to have them for... (laughs) All right. So quick, before we piss my wife off anymore, is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? I would. Um, best worst office space oh, for a drug kingpin. It's, it's this tiny little room <laughs> with a desk, like a shitty Ikea desk yes. and a calculator. And clipboards. To, for, for adding up the drugs. <laughs> Just crunching numbers on drugs. It might as well be a mall kiosk with like <laughs> sea salt, cream, and heroin. <laughs> so dumb. All right, so there was a lot of ones I could have gone with here, but I'm going to go easy here. I'm going to go best worst bullet hole. Ooh. There is a point in the movie where one of the characters gets shot in the back and you're like, oh, she's got a freck- freckle? Were you going for freckle? No, bullet hole. Ooh, she must be dead. They very clearly started to apply that makeup and she was like, tickles! And they were like, all right. <laughs> Do you have a real gun for some reason? <laughs> Uh, and of course, I'm going to go with best worst smoking. Oh, yes. It's pretty obvious that the people who made this movie never smoked marijuana, never met anyone who smoked <laughs> marijuana. But I think they might not be human because there are several that are just like right in the ear. <laughs> Eli is now miming smoking through his ear and or nose. Sorry, I got a clue in the folks listening back home. I am not going to tell you what he's doing now. (laughs) 
Did you just lower yourself? If you want to know what he just joint? did, you had to come to the fucking live show, guys. I ain't saying that out loud. <laughs> I'm on well. <laughs> yeah, he's always with me. All right. So Andrew asked me very clearly not to say why we have to take a break at the beginning here, but we're gonna. So sit tight. We'll be back in a moment with all the paranoid granny nightmares that are reefer madness. Thanks for having me over for a slumber party, Heath. Um, I mean, you broke in, so... Not really like the way it's All right. supposed, supposed to Toothbrush work. Toothbrush time. What? What are you doing? I call top bunk. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, one, we don't have a bunk bed. I told you that. Yet. We, we didn't. Okay. Uh, and two, what was that? What were you just doing? Oh, I, I brushed my teeth. That's right there. That's your toothbrush? Yeah. Yeah. It's got SpongeBob. Uh, not, not anymore. It doesn't, dude. You need a new toothbrush. <laughs> yeah, probably. But like, what am I gonna do? Right? Can't just go around. I mean, why don't you just try Quip? Okay. Uh, you're bald. Nope. Balding. No, no. Quip the brand. It's the better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. Okay, Mister Fancy. Not everyone can afford a Toothatron 2000 or whatever well, that is. That's the best part. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five dollars. Wait, just five bucks? Yeah. Plus, it has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every thirty seconds to remind you when to switch sides. Helping guide a full and even clean. Right. Because you're supposed to brush your teeth for two minutes. minutes. Yes, two minutes. Right. Absolutely. And uh, Quip takes all the work out of proper dental care. That's why I love Quip and why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. That's a lot of professional dentals. And uh, Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash awful right now... You get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash awful. You know what, Heath? I'm convinced. I'm going to give it a try. Now, last one in their jammies is a rotten egg. No, don't. I, we don't have jammies. <laughs> okay. And you fell down. <clears throat> you fell real bad. You hurt? <clears throat> You're hurt. <clears throat> Welcome, gentlemen, to the first ever writers' meeting for Reefer Madness. Yeah, here. All right, banana oil. Now, before we begin, has anyone here ever smoked a Mary Jew Warner? Uh, no, of course not. What am I, an octoroon? Okay, not a problem. Does anyone know anyone who's ever smoked m- Melania Juana? Uh, n- not really, what? no. What am I, friends with an octoroon? The, okay. Uh, does anybody know anything uh, about the drug that we're about to write a movie about? Ah, uh, Octoroons love it. Good enough. Let's get cracking. Like the cookie? And we're back for the breakdown live from Colorado. Excellent job. You guys sound like you're having fun. 
uh, we are going to stack, uh, we're going to start this movie off. Uh, reflecting on how well that 1938 soundtrack held up over the years. Yeah. Noah, question. Why did all music sound like the orchestra was melting when you were a kid? When I was a kid in 1938. All music <laughs> composed no, actually, by a Victorian ghost. Okay, let me, be, let me be perfectly honest with you. I love the fact that you make the old jokes because now whenever anybody meets me, they go, oh, you look so young. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, okay. So then we're going to get the credits. Um, and I, I only wrote down one name because I thought this was representative of, of all the names. One of the actresses' names was Thelma White. <laughs> <laughs> Reefer Madness. Giving Mormon movie whiteness a run for its money. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is the whitest cast and list of characters. I wrote down a few of the names of the characters. Oh, please. Mary, Bill, Ralph, May, Jack, Agnes, and... Blanche. Blanche literally means white lady. <laughs> That's what that means. So, so, okay, so we get two, like, pre-roll title cards. The first one comes up and says, the incidents in this movie are fictional by a wider margin than usual. But then the second one, it starts off like it's going to be a regular title card, right? It just says, this motion picture you are about to witness may startle you. Uh, it would not be possible otherwise to sufficiently emphasize the frightful toll, I wrote this all down, frightful toll of the new drug menace, which is destroying the youth of America in alarmingly increasing numbers. And you're like, wow, that was verbose. And then it starts scrolling. <laughs> oh, God, it's a Trump tweet. <laughs> oh, it was a Trump speech by the end. It was his CPAC speech. You know the guy paused for 11 minutes in between three sentences? <laughs> but, and then it ends in Michelle Obama. Wait, fuck. No. Damn, don't say that. But yeah, so they're trying to explain how awful uh, marijuana is with this thing. So they, they, they start explaining what it does to you. Again, I've written it down. It says, its first effect is sudden, violent, uncontrollable laughter... Yeah. But violent, though. Yeah. And some of the other terrible effects were, besides laughter, cartoon visuals, yep. space expands, time slows down, and you stop being an asshole. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then it says, you don't want this. Yeah. Don't you? I feel like, like you maybe want that. I do. I mean, they told me I couldn't smoke on the stage, but... Um... <laughs> Guess what I was doing when they told me that. <laughs> so, yeah, but then it ends. But, but then at the end of that, though, right, after it says all that nice, good stuff about weed, and then it's like, oh, 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 also you kill people and shit. Yeah. We almost forgot. Oh, sorry. Plus, you kill a baby. It yeah. was someone not convincing their teenage son the title card. They were yes. like, space expands and time slows down and you'll get raped by ghosts. <laughs> there we go, raped by ghosts. You didn't All like right, that, that one. That did the trick. Right. Black ones. Okay. <laughs> we got a lot of black ghosts in the audience tonight. <laughs> so yeah, but so this whole title card ends with it saying, uh, you know, da-da-da-da-da, because the dread marijuana may be coming, f uh, I'm sorry, coming, shit. Maybe reaching forth next for your son or daughter. And then it says, dot, 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 or yours. 
Who the fuck were you talking or to? Or a to begin different with? watcher of the movie, <laughs> however many you are. I don't know. What do you think, Frank? Do you think this title card is talking about? I don't know. <laughs> they didn't say or yours the wait, second wait, wait. time. Or oh, yours. Oh wait, my daughter's fine. Damn though. it! Yes. Fuck. This is scary now. All Taking right. this movie very seriously. <laughs> so, all right. So then we got to some stock um, fresh off the presses video and some headlines about police uh, waging a war on brown people, uh, marijuana. And <laughs> yeah. And then this settles into a, a, like a meeting about the anti-marijuana seminar uh, at, the P, uh, at the Parent-Teacher Association tonight. Yeah. And we get some of those headlines, too. We oh, get the, yeah. like, the newspaper scrolling down. Oh, yeah, yeah, where it's like, uh, dope peddlers caught in high school. Right. Original script translation, black people caught <laughs> book learning. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, wait, no, I like the translation game. How about okay. federal agents aid police in drug war? Uh, aid police in race war. Okay, no, right, yeah. right. Uh, Fred Trump marches with KKK. <laughs> that, was that was the last one. That was the last one. Community event sees great <laughs> turnout. <laughs> Lots of fine people on both sides. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, all right. So now we're going to meet the, the main guy, right? The high, school, the high school principal, who I have down as a man who would look out of place anywhere but trying to resurrect LBJ with lightning. He, yes. He looks like the Wright brothers' first attempt. The lapels are just <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, but he's there to warn everybody about the dangers of, of marijuana. Basically, he's there to explain to everybody the only person who can stop a bad guy with a joint is a good guy with a PTA. And then, oh, God. And then he goes into this bit where he's, like, um, explaining the, all the terrors of weed. This is where they, like, start showing stock footage. And I have to point this, this scene out because he's like, recently in Brooklyn, there was an entire city block growing marijuana and they show this marijuana. <laughs> You're like, you can tell who saw the movie right away, right? It's, it looks like cotton. Right, like these tiny, itty-bitty little buds in the boughs. It's just, you're just looking at that and going like, hope you didn't pay 20 bucks for that shit, man. It's your dad's weed. <laughs> you know when you came home from college and your dad was like, let me show you something. He opened his sock drawer in a leather bag full of weed for some reason. That's this weed. Uh, our dads had different weed. Yeah, your dad. <laughs> My dad was a cop, man. He had all the latest weed. <laughs> They say at one point, they go, um, you, you make cigarettes out of the dried leaves and berries of the marijuana plant. I so want to, I so want to watch this guy try to get high. Why do the berries keep popping? <laughs> and then we, he try, he, they have to convince us that it's even more dangerous than heroin or well, it wasn't cocaine because that was still in Coca-Cola at the time, I think. But That was encouraged in yeah, school. Yeah, right. At that They're point. like, it's just dangerous as opium and heroin. I'm like, no, and that's the same fucking thing. But this is also the part where they show the cops with pounds and pounds of heroin shoveling it into an incinerator. <laughs> yeah, we invented freebasing heroin that day. <laughs> it was uh it was a weird day. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't it off. This is, marijuana is even worse than heroin. 
I'm a principal. It seems like that would cause a problem in the police department. <laughs> I say, boys, how's burning that heroin coming along? Like, really, really good. Yeah. And I got to say, at first, boss, we were like, oh, man, this is going to be a whole lot of work. I don't want a shovel, but now I do. I really do. Ah, so cool. Very cool. Uh, all right. All right. Well, that's the spirit. L- looks like you burned it all. Damn, yep. sure did. Sure, sure yeah. did, boss. Uh, hey, real quick. You got any other heroin for us to burn? Just, just a little, like maybe in your pockets? Eager. I like that. You guys are eager. You boys are on your way to the top. Yeah. Good so work. just a little, can, you a little more heroin, maybe? <laughs> I'll suck your dick. That's mighty neighborly. That's mighty neighborly. I I will see you in church on Sunday. See you in church on Sunday. Oh my god. So what's amazing about that is you guys, you laugh just long enough at that for the people at home to go, oh my God, did Eli suck his dick? <laughs> is that what they're laughing at? That's Everyone. about how long it would take. <laughs> Everyone at home, yes. <laughs> and I'm, I am one of those good ones. You know what I'm talking about? Because I'm a big boy, so I got to make up for it. Remember that singer of YouTube clip? Of her working it? That's me right now in your earphones. That's what I did. What's happening? You didn't see that clip? He's committed. Morgan, bring up He's that clip of the lady the blowing the microphone. He's saying no very vociferously. All right. So, and it's my job to transition back to the movie, guys. Feel sorry for me. Okay. So now the, we cut. Speaking of black people? <laughs> where my ghosts at? Oh, I didn't get to say. Hey, what do you call your your African American ghost? All right, you move. Love. What? What's that? Your boo. Oh my god. I love you so much. That's such a fucking good pun. This is what you don't hear at home because Noah's like, guys, it's four in the morning. <laughs> I'll get like that eventually. That's why they took me to fucking Denver, guys. They're like, no, 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 it'll be cool. We'll get all the way through our bit. All right. So, so we go back to the principal, um, and he goes like, look, I know a lot of this sounds like unsubstantiated bullshit, but don't worry. I have an entirely fictitious story to tell you so you know how true it all is. And that bleeds us uh, into a flashback where we're going to meet May. Now, May is the, um, the, the marijuana queen of the city that we're in. And we meet her being woken up by a 1930s spy detective. <laughs> just a, This character will never find the time to take off his hat. He's just constantly walking in and being like, all right, I'm just no place to really... All right, I guess I'll wake up my wife. Come on, let's get... I need you to hold a hat. So, you yeah, know, he's 1938 casual, which is where you move the hat. Right? Like, you're here for business, but then you're like, now it's time to relax, you know? You get home, you take off your hat, there's another smaller hat underneath <laughs> it. 
So yeah, but um, he wakes up May and he's like, come on, May, wake up. You got to sell more drugs to high school kids. And May says, I don't want to sell them to high school kids though, Jack. And he says, but you got to. That's the whole plot of the movie, see? If it's just adults who are engaged in a mutually consensual transaction, it's really hard for us to make this look bad. <laughs> so, and then of course the, the, door, uh, the doorbell rings and in walk three potheads. But 1938 potheads. Oh. You, you could tell they were weed smokers because the pocket square didn't match the tie. It was very yeah. embarrassing. These guys were hardcore. Their vests didn't match their pants. It was crazy. Um, so, yeah, so he's, he's off to... Oh, this is also the, like, amazing, amazingly salacious putting the stockings on scene. Yeah, so Chloe, 1936 Chloe Savigny's grandmother is two people in the audience have seen Brown Bunny and are like, reference! Everyone else is like, Chloe who? But she goes and she's in the bedroom and she like puts on a stocking. And this was so salacious that when they distributed this film the first time, they offered a version without (laughs) this scene. They were like, in case you don't want to jizz in your pants, we got a version without thigh in it. (laughs) And you just know there was 1936 Eli being like, can I have the clip you cut out? <laughs> His wife walks in. What are you doing? Nothing, just cooperating with the Nazis. Nothing. <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to close the tab. <laughs> For the people at home, I'm, I'm moving my hand like a movie camera. <laughs> so it would take a while. So... So then we cut to some, some we're going to say kids for the purpose of the movie. These, some high school 30-somethings. Um, this is where we're going to meet Ralph, who is, we, we learn very quickly that Ralph is a no-good kid. His parents are divorced. Yeah, right, right. He might as well put putting stockings on in a movie. Um, but he's getting invited to uh, to a party with some square, boring, non-pot-smoking kid, right? At his grandma's house? Yes. Which was a weird detail. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to come swimming in my grandma's pool? I always feel like that's a Is euphemism. That code? Right? That has yeah, to be that, code. that feels like. Do you guys know what that means? Is that like a weird fuck thing? Your grandma's pool. What would that be? <laughs> All right. It's munging? Your grandma's pool is munging? Moving on! Desperately. In the second scene in this movie, (laughs) we're going to meet the love interest. Um, Now, this is Mary. Um, Mary is is the, the girl that Ralph has taken a shine to. And we know that because when Jack, the drug dealer, walks up to Ralph, the 30-year-old high school junior, and he says, what's going on? He says, I'm ogling this lady. Look at the games. And that's how we introduce Mary. So they go up to Mary. They're like, uh, hey, Mary, we're going to go to the soda shop. You want to come along? And they're like, uh, and she's like, no, I got to be somewhere. And her little brother's like, I'll come, though. And everyone's like, yeah, why don't you fucking come, man? I'll do some drugs. <laughs> Any kids going to be there? Or wait. Are we the kids? 
We're 35. My hairline is receding pretty far. I think we're the best, though. I'm in middle school. So, and okay. Now we got to a hop in 1930s soda shop, or as Eli has written in the notes as the cue, the whitest dancing possible. Oh, are we going to get a visual? <laughs> now, Minorities, Eli. before you, that was all we had. It was like, pretend you're kicking little people. <laughs> They're still coming. Incorporate the arms. There's birds. <laughs> All right, all right. Getting a little too complicated for these folks. If your relationship is bad, you'll get that because you swing dance. All right. You wouldn't swing dance if you were fucking. All right. So quick after we learn why we stopped letting white people come up with the dances, we also learn uh, why we let the white, or stop letting the white people come up with the slang. Because uh, there's a piano player here, and Jimmy, who is Mary's little brother, turns to the piano player and says, he, well, he ain't no paper man. He's, quote, or, I'm sorry, he, quote, sure swings out a hopping mess of jams. <laughs> so, yeah, we stopped doing slang immediately after. Uh, but we have to talk about, now, we played a video, for those of you at home, we played a quick video of some of the best smoking in the movie for the audience here at the show. Uh, the first guy you saw smoking, that was Hot Fingers Purdy. <laughs> um, and he is 1936 Noah. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit it. And he's the guy who ain't no paper man. And do you remember his face when he was doing that, the first clip? He looked, he was either ready to eat, like really excited about eating, or showing off his penis. And it wasn't clear. It was one of those two things. All right, he was 1938 Eli. That's more accurate. You know when someone doesn't expect you to show them your penis? And it's like a fun prank. And you work for them. Yeah. Because so, they said trick or treat. <laughs> but you're tricking them. So, They're an adult. No. You made them a child. So you guys... You did that. I didn't. You did. See, you guys think he was kidding about, like, us having to talk him into having anything on at all under that joint. You think we're kidding. Don't think we're kidding. All right. So they're at the soda shop. Hot Fingers Purdy steps off to smoke some crack joints in the, in the closet. And this is where uh, Jack and um, Ralph invite Jimmy to the weed party. Right? So now we go from, you basically were seeing that the soda shop is really like a gateway to drugs. Yes. In case you were wondering what happened before Dare to crazy old mom's friends, it was soda. You start with root beer and you end sucking dicks, let me tell you. All right, Mrs. Brown. Your divorce seems like it was harder for you. Swing dancing, that seems fun. All right, so before we get to the big weed party, though, uh, we have to cut to Mary, who's coming home from her tennis date with Bill the Dork. All right, so Bill is 1938 Heath. I thought he was pretty cool. (laughs) And I don't say that because Heath's a dork. I say that because as soon as this guy tries to talk to a woman, he injures himself. The fountain collapses under him. Ah! 
That happened to me yesterday <laughs> and today. It's fine. So, and also there's this spectacularly amazing misogyny in this, right? When he first sits down, he goes, uh, she, he goes, or she goes, oh, thank you so much for helping with my homework. He's like, as long as it's not that, uh, what, what do they call it back then? What do they call home ec back then? Anyway, as long as I don't have to learn to kick, cook, and clean like a person with a vagina, that's what he says, right? He's like, as long as I don't have to help with the cooking and cleaning classes that women literally had in school into the 90s. And Eli took because it meant he didn't have to take wood shop. <laughs> Let me tell you, the best moment of my education was walking into Mr. Haggerty's workshop and being like, I have a note about suicidal ideation. I need to go to home ec. <laughs> and this grizzled veteran with wood chips burned into his eyes just being <laughs> Two like... fingers. And he yeah. shot you. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he just dug a small hole and waited for me to pop my head down. <laughs> my Vietnam vets get that one. Yeah. Put your hand on the miter saw. <laughs> We're doing this. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, yeah, so, but anyway, he goes, like, um, he's, like, uh, he, he's bitching about having to go to home at class, and he goes, I told my mom how to make gravy the other day. What am I, a homosexual? It's the best. <laughs> the banter between these two could not be more hateful on accident. It's like, yeah, yeah okay, so I'm, I'm basically an octoroon at this point, and let me black up so you really get this story. I'm telling you, I'm sitting there. <laughs> I'm going to be governor one day. Oh, folks at home, that was a blackface joke. Maybe it's better if I just don't explain what happened from here on out. You could have said out. so many things besides governor, and it's still the same punchline. <laughs> yeah, right. That's terrifying. Maybe Michael Jackson one day. <laughs> he still let Ted Danson have a TV show. Yeah. All right, so... He was married to... It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Why do you think it he ended up in the who bad some of your place. best friends are, Eli? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then uh, they, these two, they, they start reading Romeo and Juliet because otherwise we couldn't tell that they were supposed to be a couple and then they kiss and mom catches him so he uh, uh, Jimmy or yeah Jimmy wanders off and falls in the fountain they read Romeo and Juliet so badly I think he thought it was supposed to rhyme <laughs> he's like what light through wander window breaks it is the e stakes <laughs> Juliet is the... Let me black up. This will make this easier. <laughs> My name is Romeo, and I'm here to say... <laughs> I'm going to be the host of opening arguments one day. <laughs> That's, that is true. Andrew was a well-known blackface performer. I'm not telling you anything you didn't already know. Can we... Photoshop it for me. <laughs> Where the fuck is the whiteboard? Alright, so alright, so now it's time for some child abuse. So we're gonna cut over to uh, to Billy's house. Sorry, I was calling him Jimmy earlier. No, this is Billy. The Bill is the dork that Mary was dating. Bill, uh, we go to his house, we meet his parents and his little brother, who starts giving him shit. So Bill starts chasing him around to beat him. The seven-year-old. It's the best. He's like, Mom, send him off to World War I, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> 
And the mom's going like, stop, Amani. And the dad's going, no, sometimes seven-year-olds need to have their ass kicked by 28-year-olds playing high school students. That's how we, so we toughen them up in the 30s. Say my girlfriend is swell. I'll give you a night in the box. <laughs> it's a weird moment. They're brothers. It's a child. And now, okay, now we have to start bringing some of these characters together. So now it's time for Bill and Jimmy to meet up on the street somewhere. Jimmy being Mary's little brother that went to the drug party earlier. And now Jimmy is going to invite Bill to the reefer pad where everyone does the drugs. Whoa. Right? And things are about to get pretty fucking heavy. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry. First, he invites him to the soda shop there. Again, it's the stepping stone. Right. And Billy is not having it. He's like, whoa, hardcore. I'll have a root beer. And I'm, all my notes are is, when did root beer become soda? <laughs> was it the one that didn't have cocaine in it? So it was like the devil. <laughs> And by the way, no, it was 1929 when they took the cocaine out. We know that. And don't, you don't have to email. I didn't know that. <laughs> email anyway. You can put your and own yes, cocaine in. Yes, it was just in. a trace amount by then, and I know. Um, all right. And then uh, they meet Ralph and Blanche. Now, Blanche is going to be the other woman, right? She's the slut of the movie. Yeah. So... <laughs> I like that better. (laughs) So, yeah, so they meet up with uh, with Blanche and Ralph, and they're like, hey, let's go do some drugs. And everybody's like, sure, okay. So then we finally get to see the kids really weeding out here. This is the first time. Because we've been to the the weed place a couple of times, the weed pad, but, but people haven't been super fucking high. So now we get there, and I shit you not, they're dancing like Charlie Brown characters, right? Yeah. (laughs) Eli, for years, Eli said, hey, man, work in a line where I can do my Snoopy dance at a live show. I finally did that for him. It was a big... Because they wouldn't let me do it at my dad's funeral. (laughs) Joke's on you. (laughs) I'm good. I'm back. So, so Bill comes in with, with everybody else. Everybody else is pretty down with the weed house, right? They know what this is all about. But Bill is new to it, right? And right away, he's a little suspicious because they don't seem to be smoking good, healthy cigarettes. <laughs> over and over again in this movie, somebody will be smoking a cigarette, and somebody will offer him a joint and go, no, that's bad for you, see? <laughs> it's, the be- it's Noah next to a baby on a plane where he's king, just... <laughs> I would, I would be blowing that at the parents, not the baby. <laughs> Lowering the baby onto a joint. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> For the listeners at home, I just smoked a baby. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. I just realized that I wrote, everyone here was dancing like Charlie Brown characters, and Heath wrote, I wish I could dance like this. They they looked like they were having fun. (laughs) They all had people in their lives that loved them. I mean, I don't want to be this guy, but 
Grown-up Charlie Brown is Heath. (laughs) And the football is love. This got so fucking dark. Oh my god. I need a trombone soundtrack every time I'm trying to talk to a lady. (laughs) And the parents sound like Oh my god. Because your dad had a stroke. That was a stroke joke, guys. (laughs) It's perfect. We're putting a lot of puzzle pieces together here at God Awful Movies Live in Denver. This movie's like four minutes long. You're going to get a lot of this. We have so many pages left. Oh, my God. All right. I'm doing great. (laughs) It's a good life. Living my best life. Good, good. We love you. Thank you. We love him, right? Okay. And who loves peanut butter? See, it's just an applause thing. I, I see what you did. I see what you did. Why are you? Why do you want to take this away from him? Lots of people it's fuck peanut butter. Has. Hey, look, I'm sorry. Like, dude, you rated right up there with peanut butter. Okay, Thank that's you. pretty fucking high. Oh, speaking of peanut butter, we haven't mentioned the subplot of this movie. Oh, you were getting excited. Oh, he was getting. He loves dogs, guys. He was getting excited. No, no, I was going a different way with this. Dogs love me is what you mean. (laughs) No, so here we go. So the subplot of this movie is that Jack, the man who lives at the weed house, is trying his goddamnedest to eat his breakfast T-bone. Yep. Through the whole fucking movie. His heavy cream and steak. Yeah, but he can't right now because he's got to go pick up more reefers. And his car's in the shop. They're like, don't worry, there's a kid out there that has a car. You can go use his car. So he goes out and he fights Jimmy. Now, Jimmy is mid-making out with this chick. And Jack just says, hey, Jimmy, I need a ride. Jimmy gets up and leaves. He doesn't even say goodbye. Which, to be fair, this is 1930s kissing. Well, right, yeah. Everyone was better off. He's like, burr, burr. All right, so it's time to smoke more weed. So May goes out. Now, of course, they were just out of reefers. Jack had to go more, get more, but now she has more because nobody's paying attention to anything in this fucking movie. So she goes around and starts handing out joints. And this is one of those scenes, right? So Bill is sitting there smoking a cigarette going, no, what are you kidding me? That doesn't smell right at all. That's got to be dangerous for you. I'm just protecting the delicate tissues of my throat here, you know? <laughs> and then Blanche, sitting right next to him, she goes, oh, I thought you were cool. I guess I'll just put all this shit back on then. And then he's like, oh, I'll smoke it. Starts doing lines of reefer off the table. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now it's time for Heath's best worst. It's time for us to head to the main reefer headquarters. <laughs> which looks, I shit you not, exactly like the office in the, uh, in the box office of this building. 
Hi, I'm Tony D. <laughs> do you need someone to do your drug taxes? I do. I do. Come on down to my office. Perfect. I got a click thing. You got a click thing? You're, ta- you're, yes, you're taking good care. Ports. You're keeping good track. You got a paper trail of your narcotics empire. <laughs> yeah, drugs. Right. How many right. drugs can I get you? Two? So, two drugs. Sorry, one. Did you already press it? I did. Okay, two. There will be no delete button for the next 30 years. <laughs> That's why World War II happens. Someone hit the eye a second time and they were like, I'm not making this up. <laughs> That's why World War II happened. Read a book. Now you know what the outtakes really sound like. Um, so yeah, okay, so, so he's getting some more drugs. He has to call up for the drugs, which is amazing. The guy, he's like, uh, yeah, we need some more reefers. He says, Judy, send up some reefers. Um, and then, and Judy says something to him on the other line. We can't hear it. And he goes, yeah, send him up. One second later, somebody comes in the door. It's one of those send him up. He was standing immediately outside the door. Shoots in a vacuum tube. Yes, yeah, right, right. Pops in like Kramer. Um, so, so, but this is Big Pete. And Big Pete would like to not sell drugs to kids anymore. All right, he comes in, he's like, Hey guys, I'm I'm okay with selling uh, you know turpentine to people and calling it gin and shit, but you're selling drugs to kids. This is terrible. <laughs> and the boss is like, "Oh, no problem. You could always retire." Poignantly. Poignantly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not understand? I, I'm gonna murder you if you don't sell drugs to children, <laughs> literally forever. Yes. Do you not understand? I wanted him to still not get it. <laughs> Boss, I got some bone to pick with you. All right, well, go ahead. Uh, Jack here is all right. Ah, yeah. I got to tell you, boss, I can toss a fly at gin here or there, but I ain't selling no junk to no kids. Okay, well, uh, Pete, you can retire if you want. Permanently. I can? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can retire permanently. So, like, what kind of packages do you offer? No... Is it like a salary package or flat severance? Because no, what? No, he means you can be put out of the picture permanently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you mean get rid of my stock options? No, honestly, no, that's no. not a factor for no. me. I invested in a simple IRA no, on no, no, my no, own. Nope. Because company, no, no, company options. Stop. Stop talking. Stop talking. I mean, we'll kill you. We will murder you. Like, literally, de- you'll be dead because we killed you with our hands. Murder. Yes. Yes, even, like, some people would put ours in it, but yes, that. By which By you which mean... I mean murder to death, we will kill you. Got it. So, like, a really small severance. Okay. It's okay, by the way, the fact that we stole that bit from Wayne's World is okay because they stole their whole shtick from Bill and Ted. Totally did. All right. So wait, now we're, we're, we're past Reefer HQ. I can scroll too. Look, okay. Oh God, this is such a good scene too. Oh, I'm so stoked. So now <laughs> Jack is, yeah. So Jack <laughs> leaves the drug headquarters and Jimmy, the kid that drove him there, has been reefering up this whole time. And now it's time for him to drive, but all reefered up. But before you get excited, he's driving a car from the 30s. 
So the car might as well turn to the camera and be like, Rock, it's a living! It is. It flashes to the speedometer at one point, and he is going 40 miles an hour. He is! He is! No, no, this is the actual... Okay, here's how the, the actual progression of events. Jack goes, slow down, you'll kill somebody. And then they flash to the speedometer. It's midway between 40 and 50. <laughs> but, but... Unfortunately, there is a guy who has a 43-mile-an-hour threshold of survival <laughs> because they... <laughs> it's the first-ever stunt actor because the car drives here. You see the actor, like, look at the camera like, it missed me. Line? We're supposed to go... Oh, are, we're still rolling? The line is you're dead. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes. Yes, but this you. is where we learn that if you smoke reefers and drive, you will drive very fast and kill someone. By which I mean you'll be going 45 miles an hour, but the stone guy next to you will think you're speeding. <laughs> <laughs> but then we cut to Bill's house, or I'm, I'm sorry, Jimmy's house, right? This is Mary and Jimmy. They're the brother and sister. So we basically have to see him coming home right after his vehicular homicide. And uh, mom's like, uh, hey, are you okay? And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm fine, damn it. Go ahead, shock my balls. I'm not talking. <laughs> you say that every morning. <laughs> you make breakfast weird, Billy. <laughs> Go beat up your brother. <laughs> All right. And so now I guess they couldn't get the rights to FBI. So we're going to go to the federal offices of the Bureau of Investigations. We're going to cut to the head of the FB-ish. <laughs> um, and this is, we, can, we have a scene here where it has nothing to do with the rest of the fucking movie. But the principal from the beginning that was at the PTA thing is sitting here talking with J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover. Hoover, I guess. Yes. Yeah. But the, but, the, uh, but the FBI guy's great, right? He goes, you know, back in 1930, you could fit all the marijuana crimes in this single file folder, but today, they fill this entire filing cabinet. I'm like, okay, you guys aren't killing it then. <laughs> this, whatever you're doing ain't working. We have dealt with literally dozens of marijuana yes. cases. And then, okay, and then they start listing off all of the terrible things that people do when they're on marijuana. And I love the priorities of this. First of all, they mention, and this has always been my favorite line. Again, I've seen this movie at least six dozen times. This has always been my favorite line where the principal sits back and, yes, and says, yes, I remember that one, the case of a 16-year-old boy who, while under the influence of marijuana, murdered his entire family with an axe. <laughs> and that's great for so many reasons. But the reason why it's the best is that the cops walked in and this 16-year-old is covered in blood holding an axe and he goes, you know, I think it was the marijuana. <laughs> I had a little weed earlier and then I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it makes you so coordinated. <laughs> so... Am I holding the axe weird? Am I? <laughs> Are you guys mad at me for murdering people? I know you guys think I'm an asshole. <laughs> Where do, where do you hold axes? All right, but so here's the thing. And I did not know this. Again, I've seen... <laughs> I Eli hold axes in his rectum. So, but I didn't know this until literally today. 
this is a true story in a sense, right? So this was a big thing back in, it happened back in 1933, I think, that there was this guy who killed his family with an axe and he happened to have smoked weed at some point before killing his family with an axe. Therefore, the cause of it was the weed. And this was like, I can't remember the guy's name, but this was like the main like thing that everybody was using to try to drum up the main propaganda tool that people were using to try to drum up a law against weed. And that was one of the main reasons why the Marijuana Stamp Act was passed in 1937 was because some homicidal guy who had been diagnosed schizophrenic well before that and was, you know, diagnosed with violent tendencies well before that happened to smoke weed and then killed a bunch of people. Right. That was the whole that was the whole thing. So I apparently they didn't make that one up. But sorry, got off on my little tangent there. The most amazing thing about this is that after the axe murdering, they say, and as if that's not bad enough for you, here's the story of a young woman who, after smoking marijuana, was caught in the company of five men. Right? Just in the company, though. (laughs) I really wanted him to go into detail and be like, no, 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 you don't understand. She, like, had one here, one here, which, like, I get it, high school, but then three and four and five in the back? At this point, like, she needs to work on the national debt. (laughs) She said something about quitting swing dance. I don't know. (laughs) All right, so now Bill's going to have a sit down um, with with the principal. All right, they just left the FBI. Bill being the kid that was, you know, a clean-cut kid. Now he started smoking marijuana, so his, his schoolwork is knocked off a little bit. And this is my favorite line in the movie. He says, Bill, I'm going to ask you a straightforward question. Oh, please, please tell us his straightforward question. Quote, isn't it true that you have, perhaps unwillingly, acquired a certain harmful habit through associations with certain undesirable people, end quote. That's his straightforward question. Now, now keep in mind that the other way to say that is, you smoke dope? <laughs> you high? Yes. You got a black friend? <laughs> I know you do. So... So, so, of course, Bill, though, lies through his reefer-addicted teeth. He says he's worried about something at home. So we cut to the reefer house. This is another incredibly salacious scene. Uh, Blanche is dancing, and she pulls off her shirt in front of a whole room full of people, exposing, now wearing nothing but her skirt, her slip, her bra, her petticoat, her fucking... She's got a little thing tied around her neck. Chain mail. You can see her clavicles now. Yeah, that's it. Right? I mean, she had nice clavicles. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to downplay this at all. Got any clavicle men in the audience? Where my clavies at? There it is. You get right in there. Got to get at a good angle. <laughs> you really do. Otherwise, you break someone's collarbone. Yeah. So. So yeah. So, so Blanche and um, and Bill are are making out. They so they dance into the bedroom. They start making out. And keep in mind, so this is what this movie has told you so far. You smoke this shit and women will try to have sex with you. 
God for fucking bid. But um, yeah, but again, super, super obscene. They make out. Um, a Jimmy, meanwhile, is outside playing the piano. He can barely fucking finish his song without getting laid. Everybody's fucking in this. I hope, how is bad, uh, weed bad in this world? So, okay. So now we got to cut over to Mary's house. If you recall, an old man was hit by a car earlier. We got to follow up on that. So the cops show up and they're like, uh, yeah, somebody got hit by your, uh, your car. You weren't driving a car hitting people, were you? And she goes, no. And he goes, oh, okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, the good old days when the police were two 84-year-old men who showed up in three-piece suits, asked one question, and then left. <laughs> Well, I'm white, so they still do that. That's I'm true. Just, they, yeah, don't, they don't wear the three-piece, but yeah, right. Hey, don't boo me. Boo the fucking justice system. You hear about Manafort, 47 months? Are you fucking kidding me? All right. Yeah, no, you can boo him all you want. Well, we know why those ghosts don't like the police. <laughs> so, How do you think they became ghosts? <laughs> Sometimes Noah looks at me during live shows and his eyes tell me, I can't delete it from their memories. <laughs> Morgan, that, cut that out of everyone's brain in the room. What, what he means to say is that sometimes he looks at my eyes. <laughs> All right, so, so Mary's worried now. She knows her car's been used to murder somebody and she knows Jimmy was driving the car at the time. So she goes on the hunt for Jimmy. First, she checks at the soda shop. Soda shop guy's there, and he's like, uh, no, he's not here. He's at the crack house, but you look cool. I'll give you the address. <laughs> so Mary comes to the crack house looking for her brother, and Ralph answers the door. Ralph was the uh, 32-year-old uh, kid with the receding hairline that's still in high school uh, that liked Mary from earlier. Uh, so he says, oh, you know, Jimmy just stepped out. He'll be right back, but have a cigarette while you're right here. And, of course, she thinks it's just a nice, healthy, lucky strike, so she lights it up and uh, gets inconsolably high immediately. Imagine weed being so bad that you can't tell the difference between weed and a cigarette. That's narcotics. What? I mean, it could be good cigarettes, too. Okay. So Mary starts smoking a little reefer. She's super giggly. And then Ralph tries to rape her. Now, don't worry. It's not graphic because everyone's wearing a suit of armor. <laughs> so really what he does is fight her zipper. <laughs> yes. Very hard. He's just like... Argh! Hold on. Time out on the assault. Time out. <laughs> He's got the key. Time out. The zipper's tricky. I can do it. I don't need help. <laughs> yeah. From my experience, any moment she was going to be like, I'm going to do it. No, no, I'm going to do it. it. Oh, no, no. Hey, Eli, in the, in the future when we're talking about attempted rape scenes, don't start sentences within my experience. <laughs> I'm tired of getting that note from you. <laughs> All right, so... Now, okay, this is an amazing shot, too, right? So Bill has just finished f fucking Blanche. Um, and he comes out of the room and he sees Mary, his best girl, getting raped, or nearly getting raped by Ralph, but... Because he's on weed, he can't tell that it's a rape. He thinks it's consensual. He's hallucinating consent. Right. Marijuana, according to this movie, makes you hallucinate consent. 
That's well, part of the but, Just ask our newest Supreme Court justice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. Now we boo. Yeah, right. All right. But what's so amazing to me about this is that they have to add in the part where he hallucinates consent. To ch- Why? Because the thing that's about to happen is he's about to beat up Ralph. Right? Like if he saw that if he saw that Ralph was raping Mary, it would also make sense for him to be, or would it it's not? It's her fault. Well, it, you that's know, the point. in the 1930s, rape was dips. <laughs> Actually, it was. It was, though. It he don't knows. laugh. It really was. He was alive. All right. So now we get this amazing fight scene uh, where we get a giant... Indiana Jones punch. You know how when you punch somebody, you start back here? Yeah, you want to wind up as much as possible. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, And Jack, the guy who lives at this house, who's still trying to eat his fucking breakfast (laughs) T-bone, hears this commotion. He sees two kids fighting. He's like, I know what I'll do. This is the safest way to handle it. I'll take out my gun. Don't worry. I'm not going to use the shooty end. And I will knock him unconscious with the butt of my gun. But unfortunately, Bill sees this come and he turns around, he grabs the gun, and in the struggle, Mary is shot in the back. <laughs> Mary, Mary was standing with her spine facing this gun struggle. Yes. Just like moving around. She might as well catch the bullet like a falling snowflake. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> she jumps in front of him back first, like the bodyguard. And I will know so, so she dies her bloodless little mosquito bite death. And, um, and immediately after, everybody runs up. Ralph runs up. Now, uh, uh, Bill's been knocked unconscious at this point. But everybody else wa- ra- runs up and goes, Jack, is she okay? <laughs> to which Jack just goes, no, dude, she's fucking dead. <laughs> she's- I'll need some water. That is what he says. She's dead. Get me some water. That is what he says. I'm, I'm a homeopath. <laughs> so I am going to drown her and save her from the gunshot wound. I think if I put one of these bullets in the water and then we all drink it and then we, and we swim in the ocean, ocean she's, she's not shot not anymore. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> so... All right, so now they've realized they've got a murdered girl in their apartment. What to do? Such an inconvenience. There has to be a better way. So Jack says, Ralph, Blanche, get the fuck out of here. And then he takes his gun and just puts it in Bill's hand. Bill is unconscious on the floor. He stands Bill up, and then he points his hand at Mary and then wakes him up. He's like, look at where your hand is pointing. Which means that Bill might have woken up with the gun pointing the wrong way and been like, all right, I didn't shoot anyone, thank God. What the hell happened to Mary? Mary? (laughs) 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 But unfortunately, Bill's so reefered up, he doesn't remember what happened. He thinks he did it. (laughs) There's a black guy in his other hand. Ah! (laughs) Fuck, it was me. I did I must have murdered somebody. I also love the awkward. So, like, 
Bill runs over to Mary and he's like, he's literally, he says, Mary, Mary, speak to me, Mary. Literally, those are the lines. And the whole time, uh, Jack and May, the two people that live there, are just slowly backing away. It's the best. <laughs> like when Eli wants to get real. <laughs> so He's talking about his tweets again. <laughs> Morgan, you can cut all of this. I muted Zencaster, but you can cut all of this. <laughs> so, but, but Jack, I love Jack's line, too. He's like, all right. So we got a dead girl on the couch. I'm going to scram. Once I'm good and gone, call the cops and tell them about the dead girl on the couch. The story is that guy killed her. And she's like, we killed her? No. (laughs) Write it down. (laughs) Not us. That guy killed her. Okay. All right. Well, I can't tell if that's just the dramatic tension or my bladder. So we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to find out. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will Jack get away with murder? Do we think the weed was more to blame for Mary's death than the sober guy waving a gun around? Did people in the 40s think they were being woke once they started spelling marijuana with a J? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the comically suicidal conclusion of Reefer Madness. Just... Put it together. How? I don't push on the sides. No, that's not it. how it works. That's obviously not how it works. Hey, guys. Oh, uh, hi. Hey. No, hello, Noah. Hello hey, today. buddy. What's up? Um, Heath broke your microphone. Eli broke it. Yell at Eli. Eli Yell broke it. it. He, 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 he guys, clearly broke no, it. No worries. No worries about the microphone. Uh, no, no worries? Dude, it's a trap. Take him. Take him. Take him. Take Eli him. Did it. No, He's so much taller. Guys, He's got so much more. Guys. You see, I'm good. I realized I've just had my underwear in a bunch. You you had your underwear? Underwear in, in a bunch. In a That's bunch. right. But okay. thanks to Mack Weldon's smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping, I've never felt better. Mack Weldon? That's right. Mack Weldon. They're a premium men's essential brand, and they're better than whatever you're wearing. Really? Really, little buddy. Have a butterscotch. Thank you. Shopping at mm. Mack Weldon was easy. The styles were all a perfect fit, and the underwear I bought feels so good. I want another. Wow. Okay. Um, How do we tr- try these Mack Weldons? Well, for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code AWFUL at checkout. MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code AWFUL at checkout. That's right, wildcard. Okay. You, uh... You ready to record? Skating? Yeah, yeah. Oh, let me uh, let me change into my old underwear though. Yeah, yeah, probably best. Yeah, I got to stay on brand. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, I won't mince words. This movie is the finest ever written. Yeah, yeah. Now it's time for the big dramatic moida. Uh, okay, okay. How about this? Bill comes in the room, all reefered up, and mm-hmm. sees his pal Ralph having a go at his best girl. Oh, oh she, that'd do she, it. She's giving it away? Uh, not without a fight, she's not. But see, Bill, the reefer, makes him think she's taking a shine to him. So there's a struggle, uh, and then a gunshot, and Mary is dead. Oh. Wow. Very relatable. I mean, who hasn't been there, right? I lost two best girls that way. 
you did. You did. And we're back! And, okay, so we're going to start this one off with Jack, who has just uh, frame, uh, murdered someone and framed someone else for it, slinking his way into the soda shop to tie up some loose ends. It's uh, the fucking stepping stone, man. That's where it all starts. So he sees Jimmy there, and he's like, Hey, Jimmy, I want to have a very suspicious conversation with you over here in the corner. <laughs> so you uh, killed that guy while you were driving. I, on the other hand, have not killed anyone, just to be clear. <laughs> and he's like, All right, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> I didn't kill anybody. Now, we should be clear that we found out, that we didn't mention it to you guys, but we found out that the old guy that was... Knocked over by the wind of the car earlier, um, survived somehow miraculously like from that. Like Mario being killed by a Goomba. Yeah, right. Just barely face touched. <laughs> they rubbed some tussin in it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Gave him some healthful heroin and some cocaine for the weekend. Yeah, and exactly. Exactly. Shook it right off. Uh, but but Jack is going to lie to Jimmy. He says, "I talked to a cop friend. That guy you hit died." But I won't tell anybody as long as you don't ask too many questions about your sister who was murdered in my apartment. And he agrees way too he fast. He really does. He's like, so here's the deal. You don't ask too many questions about what happened to your murdered sister. And I... Done. <laughs> a lot of people let me offer a thing first. So I did not need to have an offer. You don't ask anything about... Done. <laughs> we murdered people. Nope. <laughs> I, you, who murdered somebody? Just you. Just me? Uh, That's the I game. murdered somebody, deal. Stop saying that out loud. <laughs> deal. Oh, Murder. They're reenacting conversations <laughs> we've had with Andrew again. All right. So now we get another, uh, like, newspaper fly in here, and it says... The Harper marijuana slaying trial begins. Marijuana was not slayed. <laughs> But it was on trial. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but I love, again, even in their own fucking movie, they can't make weed bad, right? The murder happened because this guy was trying to prevent a rape and a sober guy tried to stop him. So the terrible thing about marijuana is it makes you easier to frame for murder? Is that the danger? I mean, to be fair, Probably. it would. <laughs> I would be on death row so many times by now. Everyone's mad at you and you committed murders. What? Everyone's mad at me? I want cheese fries. <laughs> and I committed a murder. <laughs> so We're using your Grubhub. <laughs> you never pay. I forgot I the love... password. <laughs> Do you have Venmo? So it's time to call the first witness of the big marijuana trial. The first witness. Now, this is one of those defense first trials <laughs> where they start off with a character witness. It's uh, this is going to be the principal uh, from that's showed up periodically to tell us about the dangers of marijuana. And the lawyer says, you noticed anything strange about Bill recently? He's like, weed. Weed. In your opinion as an educator, was he under some strain caused by marijuana? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, anything else you can tell us? He played tennis like a pothead. 
He says at one point, he's like, I watched him play tennis. He would miss the ball by four to five feet. And you didn't watch him play tennis. But it also makes me think, how stoned have all my gym teachers thought I am? (laughs) Just 14-year-old me hanging onto the bottom of a rope during the presidential challenge. That kid is fucking high. (laughs) Did you miss the rope by four or five feet? You're not even on it. What are you grabbing? You're grabbing nothing. (laughs) So also, by the way, this is so amazing. He says at the end, the principal says at the end, he's like, "Uh, well, Bill used to be, quote, a fine, upstanding American boy. Did the weed make him Canadian? Wanted so badly for the camera to pan over. He's just wearing the sickle and hammer. He's like, I'm just the marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) Now, of course, at the same time that the trial is going on, though, Jack and May have to keep Blanche and Ralph under wraps because they witnessed the murder. They know what really happened. So they've got them, like, kind of locked up at the reefer pad, and they're just keeping them high until the trial's over. And Ralph's smoking again like he's jerking off at his mom's house. Just like doing that weird. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah, not how you guys jerk question. off at your mom's he, house. He was really hoping that was going to hit with everybody, y'all. I feel like I shouldn't have to explain you that. You have ruined his fucking You guys night. all are weird. Time for some of that universal comedy. You know when you're jerking off at your mom's house? Two, three... <laughs> And you're like, you know when you All right. So, yes, Ralph is jerking off awkwardly, as I think what Heath was going for, awkwardly. And, uh, and May's worried. She goes to Jack, and she's like, Ralph's going to freak out and tell everybody. And he says, just don't give him too many reefers. And she's like, here, have reefers. And Jack's like, what the fuck did I just say? just fucking said are you mad <laughs> you seem mad but so so jack you're mad realizes so jack realizes though to pull this murder off they're gonna have to get jack, uh ralph out of the way so he's gonna stop he's gonna go see the big boss to get permission to kill ralph he's gotta <laughs> fill out the murder paperwork yes Oh, God. Right. I gotta go to HR now. What do we do with weed murders? Um, is it a OSHA thing? I'm in the wrong line. No, don't make me go back. Just give me the form and let me fill it out here. I'll be so quick. I'll be so... Oh! I like your nails. So. All right. So we head back to the boss's office here. Still got the clipboards up. He's still working hard. And he says... He says, uh, hey, man, we got a problem. This kid that witnessed the murder, he's starting to freak out. He's like, well, did you try giving him reefers? He's like, I did try giving him reefers. He's like, well, fuck, I'm out of ideas. Jack says, well, what if he was to be murder euphemism? <laughs> he loses it. He's like, yeah. ah, what if we were to take him cradle to the grave? <laughs> Starring DMX. <laughs> Up in here. Just one last thing in terms of the business model. Maybe we just sell them the drugs. (laughs) You know how we're providing a venue for the orgy of violence afterwards? Could we just not do that? They could just go home and murder people. And the best part is the boss is like, 
yeah, man, we're the bad guys. You're okay to murder someone pretty much whenever. That's our thing. <laughs> I've been reading 10 Minute Manager. I need you to be your own problem solver. Go on, murder. <laughs> Get out there. Who moved my murder? <laughs> Thank you, corporate culture people. You got it. You had to listen to that book. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for the closing argument at the Big Weed trial. Um, and this is the first time I realized that the girl's name that gets murdered in this movie is Mary Lane. Yeah, one letter away, two alphabetical stations. They weren't trying that hard. Um, and, the, and the lawyer is basically saying, sure, he could have been weed crazed, but maybe not. You should find him guilty. That's his whole thing, basically. He says his, his closing line is all about, I mean, he can't be a good guy. He went in and had sex with a lady it, before. They weren't even married. He had pre-murder sex. That would, that would even make sense if he doesn't murder somebody after that. That's dumb. Who has pre-murder sex? You would have a, you'd be doing it killing. wrong. That's not how you do that. What were they going to do, swing dance? <laughs> <laughs> that would be more fun. All right. So we get to the jury room, and we have this conversation, right? The foreman and the one holdout guy, the holdout guy goes, but what if he was insane? And the foreman goes, nope. Nope. And he no. goes, okay, but what if he was? He was Boo, not. nerd. Wait, but, okay, but what if, but there's Stop a reasonable. saying the same oh, thing. Vote, okay. Vote now. Now. Vote. <laughs> He's like, the foreman's like, are we all in agreement? Everybody's like, no. He's like, vote. <laughs> okay. Why not? And then there's also this great scene where they get, like, uh, artsy. Right, so there's this. Do they? Uh, <laughs> Do they? Yes. yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I want to support you in this moment. We're the window dangling. Yeah, yeah, they've got a little pole cord that's dangling. Turns into a noose. Oh, shit, because apparently the jury foreman is also on reefer. I don't yeah, know. It was unclear. <laughs> Who knows? Fake noose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thought of that yesterday. Oh, fake. Uh, oh, no, I see. I see now. Pretty excited about that pun. <laughs> Acknowledge fake news. No, it worked much better tonight than last night. Anna, put away the fake news t-shirts. I don't think anyone's going to buy them. I don't think we're going to sell any. <laughs> All right. So with those 11 seconds of deliberation out of the way, the jury returns with a verdict. We know this because we watch every fucking one of them file into the court. Not quickly or anything. One at a time, 12 people take their seats. And uh, then the judge asks you, have you, reached a, have you reached a verdict? And they have. They find him guilty as charged. And his reaction to being found guilty of murder is like nine notches lower than when I die and slay the spire. And he's like, ah! It's going to be a lot of paperwork. It's the whole thing. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm bummed out. So, yeah. Murder. <laughs> so, okay. So, meanwhile, as he's getting his, his death sentence, uh, Ralph is deep into the reefer shakes now. And Blanche is trying to keep him calm by playing the piano because you know how you can calm down marijuana smokers with music. So, she's playing the piano. He's demanding more marijuana cigarettes, damn it. 
And then he starts really freaking out, right? He's like, they're going to hang that kid. They're going to hang him. And I'm like, yeah, they are, dude. You're such a dick. <laughs> you can just tell the cops what happened. You'd be fine. But he doesn't. He decides instead that he needs to see Jack right away. Of course, Jack is still off getting permission to murder him, which apparently must be in some other state because he's been gone long enough for an entire fucking trial to happen. He was speeding at 45 the whole oh, way. right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, right, he was hauling ass. You know his so. drug boss has one of those really irritating secretaries who makes you wait even though nobody's in there? Yeah. He's like, come on! Put your finger down. Oh. <laughs> Hi, I was just checking to see where I was. In the- okay. <laughs> so, okay, so Blanche is desperately trying to calm him down, so she keeps playing the piano harder and harder. For a second, it's working, though, right? There's that moment where he's going, play faster, <laughs> play faster. I can't get off unless you play faster. Okay, hear me out. We're going to invent dubstep right now. You play faster. Someone crashed their car into the house. If I was a European teenager in a mask right now, I would be a millionaire. <laughs> and then I'd be dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That joke is so much less funny by the end, right? <laughs> so... All right, so then, now Ralph is really freaking out. Uh, Blanche is playing the piano as fast as she gets. Smoke's rising off of her fingers, or she's having a joint, one or the other. And then Jack comes in, but Ralph can tell that Jack is there to kill him because of the psychic weed powers that you get. So Ralph pre-kills Jack with the giant stick that he had in his ass. With his cartoon golf club that yeah, he carries. Absolutely. Like, he might as well scroll through a bunch of weapons like he's Link, just, like, pulling them out. No. Should I do Master Sword? Yeah, Master Sword. <laughs> oh, if he kills him... And also, by the way, as this is happening, as he's whacking this dude to death, Blanche is pretty sure this is terrifyingly hilarious. She's laughing and screaming at the same time. It's amazing. But the neighbor hears all this and calls the cops. The cops show up, and I love how the cops show up in this. They're just like, "Uh, you guys got any murders here? They were dead body. actually okay. doing that floor to floor. They were just like, murders, murders, no. Murders, murders. And I love how she tries to run from the cops, but like like a toddler that you're babysitting is a favor. She's just like... <laughs> One of the cops to be like, where did Blanche go? <laughs> oh... I am not texting right now. I am looking for Blanche. (laughs) Where could she be? Oh, I think I hear something. I hope she's not too quiet. (laughs) For me to catch her. (laughs) All right, so now they've got Blanche. And they've got her under the hot lights. They're (laughs) trying to get all the information from her. And eventually they do. She breaks. 
So we get this montage of the cops taking down the whole weed cartel. And I only bring this up because there's this amazing scene where someone is supposed to be, I guess, trying to get through a wall with an axe. And I say, I guess, because he is so lightly tapping. Well, here's what obviously happened. He was like, all right, so this is the scene where I break through the wall with the axe, yeah? Yeah. And I can actually break through the wall with the axe? Well, we don't have enough money to break through it. It's 1936. Don't break through it. You were winding up. <laughs> Softer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he spells out, he spells out, I high. Like he's trying to write something. Yeah. With the axe. And he went, that means, I mean, an H. He had to go sideways at one point and vertical at other points. So he's doing this. He's doing it, him and his girlfriend's initials on there or something. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but then we get the, we get even more headlines that spin out to us about how the entire weed cartel's been brought down. <laughs> the New Deal thing is for blacks and Jews also <laughs> is the other headline. <laughs> All right. So now we cut to the judge's chamber because this even this fucking movie knew it couldn't have two court trials. Um, so th- we've got Blanche and her lawyer trying to make a deal with the judge. But okay, but here's the thing though. She confesses to everything. Blanche has done nothing fucking wrong. Right, so Blanche was at an apartment where a murder happened, and then she was kidnapped for several days, and then someone else got murdered, and the cops picked her up. I feel like she's free and clear, right? Blanche, or as she's known to all of us, Courtney Love. (laughs) No, no, because I said Blanche is innocent. Oh, okay, I got it. (laughs) Read a YouTube. No, but, but the, Blanche... The hole never got that big. <laughs> Courtney Love was in hole. The band. The gunshot wound was very small. So, Thank you. But Blanche, it, it, despite all this, Blanche is confessing to everything. She's like, the murder's all my fault. I gave him directions to the place where it happened. Okay. And the judge is like, yeah, fuck, fine. Okay. Sure. You can go to jail, too. <laughs> yeah. Having a banner day. So then the cops are like, okay, well, you'll have to sign this confession. So they type up a confession for her. Very quickly. (laughs) In three seconds. (laughs) And I wanted everybody to be like, that was five keystrokes. I I watched you type just now. Are are you faking it? Did you already have a confession for me ready in your typewriter? Don't lie. We have to use it. (laughs) Wanted him to have to read it back. Okay, so uh, go ahead and type up something for her to sign, if you don't mind. Uh, sure thing, boss. <laughs> um, really? There you go, boss. That, that, that took, like, three seconds. You, you're faking. I, I can't go when she watches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's... <laughs> let's... Let's see what you got there. Uh, it just says... That's it. That's all it says. It was a lot of pressure. You were all watching. Okay. Okay. Can we just do it over? Can do, you do... do we have any water? Okay. <laughs> all right. So they tell Blanche, they're like, okay, 
We're going to cancel the murder conviction for Bill, but you are going to have to like get punished for something. We don't know what. So they send her up. And then we get to the second greatest scene in the movie. The, the movie from before? Well, oh, right, right. No, first we get the movie from before. We get, so, like, we get like a bar mitzvah video of the movie during the movie. Well, so, it, and that comes immediately after Blanche describes the movie to us in detail, right? So the cops are like, what happened? Blanche tells us everything we just saw. Then she walks out of the room and flashes back to everything Something we fucking saw. unpredictable. And the end is right. Hope you had the time of your murder. Well, but so she better have had the time of her life because that was her last chance. Um, so she breaks away. They're all going down the hall. She breaks away, runs down the hall, leaps out the window to her death. Uh, but not really. Would we say leaps? No. <laughs> no. She no. gently steps out the window to her death. I wanted her to smash into the window and fall back down. It's oh. <laughs> like, fuck, I really thought that would break. That didn't break. A bird on the other side is like, they do that. <laughs> you got to well, put a little cutout of another human sitting there. Well, I love that right afterwards, everybody runs up to the window. I wanted it to just be that she was on the first floor. <laughs> she said, now they're all cut up. Yeah, this was dumb. My ankle really hurts right now. <laughs> He is next to her on a collapsed chair. <laughs> so you single? What's going on? <laughs> Don't take away the football. You took away the football. No, she was born in 1918. That really puts her right in his wheelhouse. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He dates 15-year-olds. So <laughs> Wait. I got confused by both parts of that. <laughs> I was trying to defend one thing, and then you switched. <laughs> I love old teenagers. I, old, <laughs> young, middle, normal. You bring a teenager age, here right now. My age. <laughs> I'll marry your dad. All right, wait, wait. I'm sorry, Heath. Heath, I'm sorry. I know this is off script. Um, when's the last time that you dated somebody who was within, let's say, seven years of your age? I, I don't like okay, phone so calls. <laughs> I don't like labels like age is a construct. Alright. So now I'm 37. You sure? He's 38. He's 37. So alright. No, you have to be 38. You're five years younger than me. I just turned 43. It'll confuse me if you don't turn 38 now. Hey, was it your birthday recently? It was. You remembered once I reminded you. Happy birthday. This is great podcasting, y'all. Speed it up to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. My wife. My wife promised me a cake with 43 joints on it and did not deliver. I asked, I asked Eli. So I asked Eli before, and I'm like, hey, man, when we do the platinum night, we should do a, I should get a cake, and I can put 43 joints on it. He's like, who's going to smoke that? I'm like, who the fuck do you think? <laughs> I was like, there's going to be like 20 people at platinum night. I only have to smoke 23 of them. <laughs> I never realized you could smoke a joint like people do a shot until Noah just... <laughs> Ashtray. 
He goes up joint, he comes down filter. All right. Oh, guys, we got to go quick now. And the movie ended. Yeah, okay. Then the movie is over. So the judge comes in. They're in the judges. I'm sorry, the judge is in the courtroom now. He's, He's trying to correct the record. He says, we're gathered here today in what will hopefully be the last scene. It will not. Nope. They bring out Bill, and they're like, okay, Bill, it turns out you didn't commit that murder, and we came this close to killing you for no justifiable reason. But just so you know, we're still pretty pissed at you. Still don't manslaughter any more white ladies. <laughs> you you're cool. This is your one murder warning. <laughs> yeah, right. They're going like, but we still can't condone your acts. I'm like, the not murdering? You can't condone the not murdering he did? Okay. Um, and he, but, but the judge says... But I sure hope the lesson you learned will scare you enough that the 60s will never happen. <laughs> and God forbid Colorado will ever happen. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but then, but he says, but he says, you may be getting off, but you have to stay in the courtroom to watch Ralph get sentenced. All right? So then they bring in Ralph for by far the greatest moment of the movie. Oh, he looks like every white girl the day after SantaCon. <laughs> All right, I don't know if that means as much to you guys as it does to us, but damn. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Google SantaCon. That was a hilarious joke, trust me. So... So Ralph comes in all kinds of crazed looking. I mean, he's so crazy now, he barely has his vest buttoned over his tie. <laughs> and, the, and both lawyers, the, his, his lawyer and the other lawyer, is like, look at a fucking guy. Let's throw him in an asylum, you think, for the rest of his life? And for the like, rest sure. of his life. Yep. Sure, because of all the weed. And we're done. That's it. That's it. But, of course, that can't be the last scene. Because now Dr. Bullshit is here to wrap things up. Basically to give us that, you know, only you can prevent reefer fire speech at the end. (laughs) And the best part is, the movie ends with him trying to do a freeze, but he can't hold still because he has no vitamin D, so he's got scurvy. And he's like, this could happen to you, and you, and you. (laughs) And then... Did you guys see me freeze? It was like 10 whole seconds. God, did we get it? You guys remembered to copyright the movie, right? Okay, good. <laughs> they, they couldn't even freeze the text on the no, screen. No, the cameraman didn't have enough vitamin best. C either. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the end. That's where the movie ends. But that's not where we're going to close off here. Oh, we've got more for you yet. So, so now I have to admit... Uh, This movie does greatly exaggerate the dangers of marijuana, but I don't want to send any of you kids home today thinking that marijuana is entirely safe. Now, between us, just everyone in this room and everyone who happens to have the internet, um, the three of us have uh, smoked marijuana before, and I thought maybe to close things off, we could share some of our own negative experiences with weed so everybody doesn't think it's, you know, cool. That's responsible. Eli? So my negative experience with weed was actually my very first experience with weed. Uh, when I was in eighth grade, my parents went out of town, and they left me at home, and I had a pot party. <gasps> and I got 
that first time stoned? You know when you get that first time stoned and you're just like, is this forever? <laughs> and then the, the parent who was supposed to be like checking in on me checked in on me. And noticed that a bunch of strange teenagers were in my house with red eyes and the giggles. And this was Jerry Cohen, a local gastroenterologist who was lovely. And I totally nail it. I run to the door and I go, Dr. Cohen, they're here because my parents' anniversary is coming up and we're teaching the dogs. We're going to say, Liz and David. And then we're going to say, anniversary. And they're going to lie down and play dead. And I'm rolling around on the floor <laughs> in front of this poor gastroenterologist. Trying to, to prove how sober he is. Yeah, to prove how sober I am. And he just goes, okay. <laughs> Everybody has to go home now. <laughs> so that could happen if you smoked weed. You might run around uh, rolling in front of your gastroenterologist. Um, Heath, do you have any uh, negative experiences with weed? No. <laughs> I do not. I literally do not. I have an interesting... So, I've... <laughs> I've been, uh, at times in my life, a pharmaceutical distributor for a large multinational corporation. <laughs> um, hey, we're in Colorado. You can say I used to sell weed. I sell weed. <laughs> it's my, that was my campus job. Part of my scholarship. Um, it was his work study. It he was, was an entrepreneur. <laughs> and... Besides that, just a bunch of times in my life, I, I've been pulled over by a police officer with pounds of marijuana in my car. And I've literally never gotten trouble for it because I'm a white guy who looks like a Nazi. <laughs> so I literally, there's so much white privilege in my life based on, like, I was just like, yeah, i I sorry I didn't signal the thing. We're all good, are we not? And they were like, you're all good. Would you like to give me a ticket? <laughs> now, I'm gonna go shoot that ghost in your backseat. <laughs> White power. They get it. All right. No, to, but to give you an idea just how, how extreme this is for Oh, Heath, you were there for one. Yes, and they searched me. <laughs> I was in the passenger seat. They pulled Heath over. They smelled the car. And they looked at me and said, sir, can you step out of the car? All right. Can you tell that black gentleman with long hair to step out of your front seat? Get out of the car, Sacagawea. Let's do this. <laughs> but he'd already hidden it in a little area of my car, and it all went Yeah, down. no, I, I stole up Lucinda. Heath's ass. I'm like, it's fine here. All right, wait, I've got one, too. Uh, so one time, I got so high that I thought it would be a good idea to podcast for a living. <laughs> and we're going to cut out of the live show for just a second because, well, that does it for our review of Reefer Madness. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to rope you back in for next week. So, Eli, tell us, what's on deck? Dead Man Rising. If you watched Dead Man Walking and thought, well, they didn't cover the Shroud of Turin at all, <laughs> you're going to love this movie. Let me tell oh, you. Oh, goody. 
All right. Well, with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 187 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to everybody that came out to see us in Denver. A huge thanks to everybody at the Oriental Theater. A huge thanks to Morgan for helping us out there. A huge thanks to Anna. A huge thanks to Lucinda for helping out with merch. A huge thanks to Zero for helping out with photographs. And of course, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, the latter ranks, that is, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robinson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Traps on Mars. All of the music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions. Promise to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll return to Denver for the breakfast. Club clubs. Colorado happened. <laughs> and it was glorious. Bill went on to insist that he didn't inhale. Jimmy really looked at his hands. I mean, like, really looked at his hands. Because your fingernails are bones. No, they're not. No, they're hairs. They're not bones. They're bones. They're not bones. The Don't white say part. they're bones. They're, they're bones. not bones. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Hey guys, I'm here. Can I be in the toothbrush? No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We're doing toothbrushes today. (laughs) I'll be over here. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.